She's a small wonder. I'd like you both to meet Vicky. A child unlike other girls. And that's a real kid, right? No, no, it's a robot. Made of plastic. Microchips here and there. You're my voice input child identical. The ICI, I, I pronounce it Vicky. everybody Angela Bowen here the host of she's a small wonder a small wonder podcast well today I'm going to be covering season 2 episode 5 entitled home sweet homeless which aired on October 11th 1986 in this episode Joan contacts a local news channel about doing a story on the homeless in an effort to raise awareness for those who are as Joan would put it residentially handicapped after running an errand for his parents, Jamie and Vicky find a homeless man sleeping in an alley who introduces himself as Roland Cardwell. Jamie quickly finds a role model in the self-proclaimed professional vagabond and invites him to stay in their home. After witnessing his admiration, Joan and Ted frantically think of ways to change Jamie's perception of how easy the life of a homeless man is. However, when Roland goes missing, they find their job is much easier than predicted. The family revisits the shady alley in which they had originally found him in, and Jamie finds that the lifestyle isn't nearly as glamorous as he had previously thought. This almost kind of feels like one of those very important episodes or very special episodes without dealing with drugs or alcohol or child abuse or, you know... Stuff like that. But it does hit on a big topic of homelessness. And as I've said, I don't watch these episodes ahead of time. A lot of the, this stuff is all new to me. I mean, I've seen some episodes in reruns, but I wasn't constantly... I mean, this is 86. I would have been four. I wasn't watching Small Wonder at four years old. I was watching it at like seven or eight when it was in syndication. And believe me, at seven or eight... Jamie, who's like 10 or 11 at this point, seemed a lot older to me. But anyway, when I talked in the end of last episode about covering this episode, I'm thinking, because it just felt like Here Comes a Judge really didn't have a lot to it. And when I'm reading this description, this person, whoever wrote the description for this episode, pretty much wrote out the whole episode. And I'm thinking, there seems to be a lot more to this episode. But then again, my opinion could change as I watch it. I could be like, well, it felt like it was going to be more, but it didn't feel... But I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. So, of course, if you're new to the podcast, what I do with Small Wonder is... Small Wonder is a podcast I cover an episode a month. It took me two years to get through season one, and I just started season two in January, so... I'll most likely end up finishing season two at the end of 2022, and then 2023 I start the uh, season three. Um, and the thing is, with season three and four, they were never released on DVD, so, I mean, right now, YouTube has got the only available way for you to really see, unless you happen to tape this episode by episode and you still have your VHS tapes. Kudos to you, that's awesome. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see once I get to season three and four. I have them on the laptop and stuff. And we'll just see kind of how the quality is. <laughs> it's not great or it's kind of, we'll see. We'll see. Also, like I said, if you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. If you want to find <laughs> the podcast social media page, go to Facebook, put in She's a Small Wonder or Small Wonder Podcast. The Facebook page will pop up. I pretty much only put stuff on there about the episode or when one of the cast members is celebrating a birthday, that sort of thing. Also, the way to listen to this podcast is if you search The Wonder Years or looking back on my Wonder Years on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, you will find She's a Small Wonder. The only way to really listen to all the episodes on the Looking Back on My Wonder Years podcast, because I do cover not just all six seasons of the Wonder Years, I've covered episodes of Growing Pains of Mr. Belvedere, and those episodes are find getting harder and harder to find on. So yeah, really the only way to listen to the other episodes in all six seasons of the Wonder Years, if you want to start at the beginning, is to go to SoundCloud and just listen to them there. Really, the only platforms I'm using are SoundCloud and, and iTunes. I haven't decided to do Spotify yet or Podbean or any of the others, so. 
All right, so going back to this episode on IMDb, it's got a 7.9 out of 10 based on 17 ratings. We got the regular cast. I don't know if Harriet Brindle and Millie Shulman will show up at all. Her name is listed in the credits, but a lot of times it's just like that's because she's part of the cast. We have Foster Brooks playing Roland Cardwell and Mario Machio Machado playing Steve Morales. This episode was directed by C-League Frank, who seems to be directing quite a bit of episodes here. Writers Misty Stewart-Taggart, written by as Susan Misty Stewart. And Howard Leeds, the creator. We got Warren S. Murray as executive story editor and Bruce Kane as executive story editor. And I'm wondering if the character Warren was in fact named after this Warren S. Murray. Because he, Warren S. Murray here directed 48, well, direct, executive story editor written by, okay. So he wrote like 48 episodes, so maybe he did. Oh, there's actual trivia? The title is based on the song Home Sweet Home, composed by English Sir Englishman Sir Henry Bishop, the lyrics by John Howard Payne, and has been popular since the mid-19th century. And I don't see any user reviews. It's very rare that there are user reviews with when it comes to Small Wonder on IMDb. So, all right, without further ado, let's jump right into this episode. I'm ready to get this going. Of course, the episode opens in the kitchen. It seems like a lot of the time we're getting the episode started in the kitchen with Joan and Vicky is helping her, like, make dinner or something. But actually, no, we got Vicky... And Ted in the kitchen to start out. Ted is wearing these. Oh, no, I, I've said on other my podcasts, I love the color red. Love it. But this is a fashion no-no. And I'm not a big fashion police person, but good golly, Miss Molly. Red pants, and he's got a striped, like a grayish-blue polo short-sleeve button-up thing going on here. And I'm just like, Ted, Ted. Ted, what are you doing? What are you doing? And it looks like Vicky is helping Ted make, well, I see a blender with milk, and I see a carton of ice cream. So clearly they're making, like, a chocolate shake or something. A chocolate milkshake. <laughs> wow, Jamie, except took the words right out of my mouth. He put his hand up to his head for it as he's coming in, like, he's, like, being blinded. Dad, whew, awesome pants. Now let's get the story on those pants, shall we? I want to find out why he's wearing them. Hi. <laughs> Whoa, awesome pants, Dad. Hey, thanks, Jamie. But these aren't just pants. These are my new designer golf slacks. They look... For your sake, I hope there's no designer boom on the golf course. Yeah, really. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh, it's a high protein drink. It's supposed to make you strong, huh? Oh, is that what that is? I thought that was ice cream. No, it smells awful. Makes your breath strong, too. What the hell is in it? <laughs> oh, come on. Thinking, is it plugged in? Come here, please. Here, liquefy this. Liquefy this. Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's not going to taste nasty, I bet. I thought it was ice cream. Thanks. <laughs> You're actually going to drink that? Sure, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It tastes like shit. I don't, you. It's gross. See, I'm healthier already. Ugh. <laughs> well, you can congratulate me. Hey, congratulations. What for? <laughs> My woman's auxiliary just and you are looking at the new chairperson of our committee to aid the homeless. Terrific, honey. The word homeless is not in my bubble memory module. Mom, tell Bubblehead here what it means. <laughs> well, Nikki, um, there are people who usually sleep in streets and in alleys and who have no jobs, no money, no hope. People usually think they're just a bunch of bums and winos, but they're not. Sometimes they're whole families that are just down on their luck. Yeah, and it's up to people like us to help them. Right. My problem is how to make the public more aware of the situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got an idea. How about going to a TV station? If you could get that roving reporter, what's his name, um, Steve Morales, to do a story on the evening news, you'd have it made. 
Or just tell Harriet next door. That blabbermouth reaches more people than Dan Rather. care of that. That's too much shit. That's a whole damn list. I better take Vicky along to help. If I carry all this stuff myself, that's enough to give me a hernia. Yeah, I thought she said a couple things. Well, apparently Ted's gonna wear those red pants to the golf course. Ay ay ay. And what, like I said, I thought that was vanilla ice cream. She was making a, they were making a milkshake. No, it's some type of protein powder because Ted wants to get in shape. Even Jamie, before they even get the thing liquefied, leans over the the blender container and sniffs it. It's like, oh, God, that smells nasty. Like, you're going to drink that? And Ted takes it and puts it over on, you know, the blender thing and starts hitting buttons and ain't doing shit. So he goes over, like, here, Vicky liquefied this. And he taps her nose and she basically is... Like, working the thing like an actual blender would. That has a big, giant glass of this stuff. And, of course, he, he sips it, smiles, and is <laughs> like, yeah, it probably tastes like shit. That protein, sh I don't care if it comes in chocolate or, or cookies and cream. It's going to taste like utter damn garbage. It ain't that it's good. So, Joan comes in and... You know, so far what we know of Joan, she's been a housewife, she's now Jamie's teacher, or substitute teacher, and she also, I guess, has time for a women's auxiliary, which, is that like something where a group of women get together and talk about the problems in their city or something? She wants to get people's awareness and raise money, you know, to help the homeless, and just make it more known and a more recognized cause like these people. They're not just bums and winos. We've got to help them out. People are just down on their luck. They probably lost their job. It's not just one person. It could be whole families living out of their vehicles. And Ted's one like, hey, honey, why don't you just um, go to the news station you know, and talk to that, like, Steve Morales guy? <laughs> And I love how Jamie's like, hey, oh, well, I mean, you could talk to Harriet. She's got a more, a bigger mouth on her than, uh, and news travels a lot faster than Dan Rather. Okay. And Ted's like, hey, um, honey, I can drop you off at the TV station and pick you up since I'm going to go to the shooting range and shoot around a, you know, a bucket of balls with the guys and all that stuff. Oh, gosh, I'm just thinking of the episode where... Ted begged Jamie to, uh, like, hey, I have a big golf tournament with so-and-so. Um, I can't do the father-son picnic. You know how pissed off I was at that shit going down. So, yeah, we know that Ted likes golf. And Joan's like, Jamie, um, while your dad and I are out doing our thing, could you, um, you know, get a couple things from the market? The list is over there. Jamie takes the list. And you think it's like maybe you know, like milk, eggs, bread, whatever. No, it's a whole damn list with like 20 plus things on there. I'm like, are you shitting me? This kid's going to go to the market, which is what, maybe within like a quarter mile of the house. Who knows? And attempt to buy all this shit. And how is he getting it home? He's going to mess up his hands. Have you ever had groceries and you know the pla you know, plastic bags or even if it's recyclable bags, whatever. That stuff weighs on your hands. Think of the damage it's doing to your hands by carrying those heavy, heavy bags. That's why I have a grocery cart. Like, one of those that I got at Target. That it's it's just so nice. I don't even... I don't just use it for getting groceries. I use it for taking the laundry basket thing down to... Because we're still in the hotel. And I take it down to the elevator, you know, because we're in the... And I take it down there to the laundry room. I'm like, I'm not hauling this thing, this big laundry bag with a bunch of clothes in it. I'm just putting it in my cart and bing, bang, boom, I'm down to the laundry room. It's simple as that. But even he's like, well, I'm bringing Vicky to help me because if I try to carry all this shit, I'm going to wind up with a hernia at age 11. 
I don't understand where it's like, hey, you guys are already doing your thing. You're going to the TV station. He's going to go shoot some golf balls at whatever targets. Why don't you guys pick up shit? You got a vehicle. Throw that shit in the back. Go get your groceries and shit and just put it in the back and bring it home. I mean, I can under, like I said, if it were a few things, no big deal. But this is a full damn grocery list of 20 plus items. Oh, yeah, also, Ted makes a Honeymooners reference, which is bing, bang, zoom, Jamie. And I'm like, I never watched the Honeymooners, but I did watch The Wonder Years. And Jack Arnold, played by Dan Loria, was a big fan of the Honeymooners. He could do a great impression of Norton or whatever his name is. Norton, Ralph Cramden, Ralph Cramden, I think. I guess Flintstones actually was like a play on the Honeymooners in some way. And that stuff that she had in that blender, and now it's in a cup... Looks like liquefied cement. So we get bubble memory module now in season two instead of memory bank in season one. I wonder why they made that change. I mean, memory bank is a lot faster to say than bubble memory module thing. And I'm just thinking, she doesn't, Vicky doesn't know what homelessness means. Why isn't Ted, like, updating her with, like, the latest information? Like, just give her, like, encyclopedia book. Give her, like, People Weekly or something like that and, and put that in there. Or just whatever's going on in the world in 1986. Put that stuff in there so she is up to date on what the hell is going on in the world. I mean, you don't want, like, the gossip rag mags. Like, here, let's give you the National Enquirer and put that in your memory module book bubble brain something or other all right let's see how this homeless man who is in an alley this is like the largest alley i've ever seen it's got spray paint on walls that it's got like special daily rates so is it also by a hotel because we see ice uh, a storefront that says fountain ice cream candy something's 50 cents of course, Jamie's, like, chowing down on some caramel corn or some can. Oh, nut Sunday, 15 cents. This is 1986. That shit was only 15 cents in 86? Wow. Can you believe it, Quinn? <laughs> she can't. So, Vicky, of course, is holding the two bag to hold, like, 20-plus items. Uh, no one explained this boy. It's not polite to point and stare. Like, hey, look, Vicky, there's that homeless person mom was talking about. Oh, I see that they also have instant mashed potatoes in the a box of that in there. Jamie's chomping on popping corn in 3D. Muppets take Manhattan reference. My opinion, best Muppet movie out there. Right, Quinn? She agrees. Who's your favorite character? <laughs> she doesn't have an answer for that. She likes them all, don't you, Quinn? <laughs> She's rolling her eyes like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. All right, let's see how this Jamie and the homeless man situation go down. Hey, Vicky. <laughs> Look, there's one of those homeless people Mom was talking about. I don't see anybody. <laughs> right over there. Mom said it's our duty to help the homeless. Right. Boy, this place is sure a mess. It ought to be cleaned up. <coughs> it ought to be cleaned up. Oh, no. You're not afraid of tornado? <laughs> that is the biggest alley I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Hurricane Vicky. Here. Maybe we should go talk to him. Well, it looks like he's sleeping. Does Mister? he want to be bothered? Or he's passed out, I don't know. Mister? I didn't do it, officer. I was in Cleveland that week. <laughs> oh, how do you do? Hi, I'm Jamie Lawson, and this is my sister, Vicky. A great pleasure, Jamie. And the enchanting Vicky. I'm Roland Cardwell, at your service. Of the Boston Cardwells, that is... Is this where you live? For the moment, be it ever so humble, and it gives the word humble new meaning. <laughs> but it has every convenience. Solar heating, 
Air conditioning. <laughs> no overhead. And you couldn't beat the location. <laughs> oh, I see you have groceries there, young lady. Enough to give you a hernia. <laughs> What the heck some of these advertisements are? It looks like something that's a movie poster for a black and white porno. It was Carol Blake Harlow, if that's even her name. So Jamie's like, hey, let's go over and talk to him. The guy's just, it's almost like he's expecting someone to interrupt him. He's got his eyes closed and he's just sitting there with his arms crossed, leaning against the building. And Jamie's like, gosh, someone really needs to uh, clean up this. The alley, it's really weird. There's, like, can, like cans on the ground and I think some straw. I'm like, did a circus roll through here? What's with the straw? So Jamie wakes the guy. Oh, yeah, before <laughs> someone should really clean this up, Jamie tells Vicky. And Vicky's like, clean this up. She hands Jamie the heavy paper bags of groceries and, of course, she creates, like, a little wind tornado and clears out everything. And Jamie starts pulling, like, hey, mister, hey, mister. And the guy's like, oh, okay, hi. The guy isn't rude or anything. He's not, like, buzz off or get the fuck out of here, leave me alone or anything. Or he's, not, he's not even, like, hey, do you have spare change or whatever. He's not like that at all. This is, honestly, and the man... The way he comes off, he sounds like he was, like, in the performing arts at one point or time. It's just his, the way he carries himself and everything. Not, he does not look like he's been there long. But he's like, hey, it's a great area. I got air conditioning, got heat. I don't got to worry about, you know, paying a mortgage. I don't got to worry about any and a great location. What, what, there's a grocery store there. There's, I saw Tony's Pizzeria, so it's almost like he's in the alley behind Tony's Pizzeria. So whether he's going through garbage cans, I don't know. So he's like, I'm Roland Caldwell, Coldwell of the Boston Caldwells. And it just makes me think of Jack Dawson from Titanic, like, oh, uh, Chippewa, Chippewa Falls Dawson's actually is where I'm from. Oh, yeah, that's because I think, um, the guy on Titanic's like, oh, are you of the Boston Dawson's? And Jack's like, no, the Chippewa Falls Dawson's actually. What, baby? I'll be here. Relax. You're fine. Be a good girl. So, Jamie's making a sandwich. I'm guessing he's making it for the homeless individual that he found in the alley, whose name I forgot. Um, well, well, I'll hear it again, I'm sure. But, of course, as he's making a sandwich, who shows up at the door but Harriet? Because the shade is pulled down, and he lifts it up. He's like, oh, it's Harriet. He pulls it down, and the dang door is unlocked. She just walks right in. He's like, hey, I'll talk to you later, Harriet. She walks in, and it's like, girl, you didn't even knock. You don't just walk into someone's home. I don't care if they live right next to you. And she goes over to where Jamie's making a sandwich. It's like, oh, lunch. Thanks, Jamie. I'm, I'm, and Jamie's like, girl, you got a lot of nerve. I ain't making nothing for you. And Jamie's like, Harriet, you've got a home and a refrigerator and a mouth. <laughs> he says, now why don't you go and put all three of those things together? Of course, Harriet goes on and says how her mother doesn't want her eating between meals because it ruins her appetite. And apparently Bonnie is a crap-ass cook because <laughs> Harriet's like, oh, her meals ruin my appetite. Well, I'm sure they do. Yeah, he tells her, like, buzz off. I'm doing shit here. Something important. She's like, oh, what is it? And he's like, none of your damn business. Go away. Food does look good. I don't even like pickles, but it's like one of those flat sandwich pickles. I'm busy. Come back later. Okay. Come back never. <laughs> it's later. <Ugh. laughs> Girl. Cheese. None of your business. 
person in my business. That's why I'm dying to know. <sighs> Go. Yeah, get her out of oh here. You should have had the door locked, Jamie. That is such a giant snap. See, I am so... I don't even like pickles. But that sandwich looks delectable. Gosh, I want a sandwich. It's got meat and it's got cheese on it. And it's just... Oh, it looks so good. Alright, so Ted and Jim come back from the TV station. And let's see how this goes. Was she able to... Uh, Get that one newscaster into doing a story on the homeless community? Let's see. So, hi. How'd it go at the TV station, Mom? Oh, terrific. I got that reporter, Steve Morales, to agree to do a story on the homeless. Well, I've got some good news, too. Guess what I did today? <laughs> my boy, would you have any bubble bath? <laughs> He's what I did today. <coughs> Who are you? What are you doing in my house? What are you doing in my wife's robe? I couldn't find yours. Here are your slippers, Mr. Cardwell. Thank you, young lady. Cardwell. A great pleasure. <coughs> Mr. Cardwell is homeless, so I brought him home. This is my mom and my dad. Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. <laughs> what a lovely and beautiful lady. And what a handsome man. No. <laughs> Don't even think about it. Here, Mr. Cardwell, I made this for you. Thank you, Jamie. I shall savor it as I bathe. I presume dinner will be around seven. <laughs> All right, Jamie. Who is this guy? And this better be good. I told you it was. You can't beat the location. <laughs> Why couldn't you bring home a stray dog like other kids? <coughs> Gee, Dad, you and Mom said we should help homeless people find a home. So I did. He's right, Ted. We did say that. Yeah, but I didn't mean our home. Listen, uh, let him bathe. And we'll feed him, and then we'll figure out what to do with him. But keep an eye on this guy. It wouldn't surprise me a bit. This guy has a police record. He didn't do it. He was in Cleveland that week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, of course, Joan was able to get Steve Morales to be able to do a story on the homeless, which is awesome. And, of course, here comes Mr. Cardwell wearing Joan's pink bathrobe. And... Ted and Joan are like, well, who is this guy? And Jamie's like, well, I, I brought him home. I, You were telling me how we had to help the homeless, and I did. And Ted, of course, is like, well, well, I didn't want you to bring him to our home. And that, that's exactly what you, Jamie's like, well, you said we have to help the homeless. That's what I'm doing. And he even made, you know, Mr. Cardwell... A sandwich and everything, but he says he's going to eat in the bubble bath. Cause he's like, do you have any, like, Mr. Bubble or Bubble Bath or anything like that? <laughs> and Ted's like, well, why are you wearing my, why are you in my house? Why are you wearing my wife's bathrobe? And Mr. Carbo's, well, I didn't have anything else to wear. As Vicky comes out holding, you know, Joan's pink slippers for him. And she's wearing his hat <laughs> that he was wearing in, in the alley. And Ted, you know, agrees, like, okay, yes, we can feed him, we can eventually, you know, get him back to, you know, let him take a, sh you know, a bath, get cleaned up, you know, give him a meal, and then we can kind of, you know, send him on his way. I mean, they did say they wanted to help the homeless, and them just shoving this guy off the door is just being kind of hypocritical, and they want to set a good example for Jamie. And I like, for the one time, it feels like Jamie isn't being selfish here. He actually is doing something. I thought he was making that sandwich for himself at first. But we know he's making it for Mr. Cardwell. So, this is just a nice, non-selfish Jamie moment. We really don't get, we haven't gotten those. Mr. Cardwell is like, well, I assume that dinner will be served around 7. I'm thinking... I don't know. I mean, I guess if people, what what time is dinner? My dinner for me is like like five o'clock, five thirty at the latest. 
But I, I, I'm like, I ain't waiting till 7 at night to be eating my dinner. Everyone has their own preferences. So once Mr. Carball's in the bathtub making his bubble bath, Ted's like, we need to keep an eye on him. I wouldn't be surprised if he has a record. And of course, Vicky repeats what Mr. Carball said. Like, he didn't do it. He was in Cleveland that week. <laughs> So now we go to the next scene with, it looks like Mr. Carwell is now wearing a blue bathrobe, so maybe Ted's bathrobe, and he's in the kitchen at the stove. Looks like he could be making breakfast. I'm not sure. So, yeah, we see Mr. Cardwell sitting down with Jamie, and he's talking about his life, like he got to ride, ride an elephant in, in India and stuff like that, and just... Jamie is just eating, eating these stories up, which, you know, more than likely, I mean, this can't possibly be true. I mean, the man does have an accent. At first I thought maybe it's a theatrical accent, you know, that he puts on because maybe he was at one time like a, a working actor and now he's, you know, run out of luck. I don't know. I don't know. But I can see that he is putting notions in Jamie's head about how great living on the street is. And Joan and Ted are probably seeing this like, this is not the example we want to set for our son. We want him to help the homeless, but we don't want him to idolize this man and this type of living. <laughs> and there I was, in the jungles of India, riding on the jewel-bedecked elephant of my good friend, the Maharaja of Bandor, when suddenly... There ahead of us was a giant king cobra, fangs flared, ready to strike. What'd you do? I started whistling softly like a flute, and the cobra started to sway, side <laughs> to side, to the rhythm of my whistling. Then what? Then we had a couple of dances and parted friends. <laughs> How'd you get the money to do all that stuff? Jamie, you only go around once in life, and you might as well do it for free. You mean you don't ever work? <coughs> work? Ooh, bite your tongue. <laughs> Please don't say the word work in front of me. It gives me a rash. Man, I never met anyone like you. Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. <laughs> I see you found my robe. Roland's been telling me about his Roland, okay. Came face to face with a king cobra snake. <laughs> Didn't bite him. No doubt professional courtesy. <laughs> uh, Roland, I put your clothes in the washing machine. They'll be ready soon. How sweet of you, madam. How terribly thoughtful. <laughs> as soon as your clothes come out of the dryer and you eat, you can leave. But I want Roland to stay. <laughs> he can share my room. No way. He's right. Jamie, thank you. I'd love to, but I just couldn't possibly. It just wouldn't do, Jamie. Of course it wouldn't. I'll be very happy just living in your backyard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so his name is Roland. Okay, so as Jamie is being entertained by this Cobra, King Cobra story and how Roland was whistling to it and, you know, they parted ways and whatnot... And Jamie's like, wow, so you got to, how'd you do that with, like, no money and everything? And why don't you, you know, didn't you work or something? And, of course, Roland's like, oh, don't say work in front of me. It makes me break out in a rash. And, of course, Ted, he's got this attitude, like, Roland, clearly, he's a trickster, a con man, what have you. And Joan says, look, Roland, your clothes are in the dryer, we're washing them right now. They'll be in the dryer. And Ted pretty much says, point blank, we'll wash your clothes for you. We'll get you a meal and you need to leave. And Jamie's like, well, no, I want Roland to stay. He can stay in my room. And Ted's like, uh, absolutely not. He's not doing that. So Roland says, okay, well, um, your backyard will do just fine. Uh, excuse me? <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Ted's like, oh, I see you found my, my robe. <laughs> so now he's worn both Joan's robe and Ted's robe. Is Roland going to meet Harriet? And I'm curious to see what his reaction to her would be. Like, oh, my God, that kid's annoying. 
And Ted can enjoy, especially Ted, he can clearly see, it's almost like he feels threatened, like this another man's presence is in his home, and his son is idolizing him. And Ted just doesn't like it. And he doesn't, I mean, clearly he sees this man that's in his house, is like, who are you? What do you want? Clearly you're a trickster, because my son found you living on the street. Right, well, because he tells Jimmy he probably has a police record. I thought he was going to say, watch him, because I don't want him stealing any of our things. Oh, of course. You know, I thought there was going to be a Harriet and Roland uh, interaction. There sure is, because here she comes, right into their yard, and Roland is sleeping in a chair outside with uh, Ted's robe and uh, a nice flannel blanket, and it looks like he's wearing Ted's slippers as well. So I'm curious, let's see how this interaction between Harriet and Roland goes. She doesn't interact with him. She goes to the door like, Jamie, do you know there's a man old man in your backyard? And Jamie pulls her inside the house like, yeah, let's roll and he's taking a nap. Leave him alone. So she's like, well, who is he? And Jamie says, he's our house guest. And Jamie goes, uh, so not only was he in India, Roland was also, he had dinner at the White House, he shot big game in Africa. So he's telling Jamie all these stories that clearly are not true. <clears throat> he probably sees this kid who, like, looks up to him and he just wants to impress him. And I love how Jamie says, he's like Indiana Jones with wrinkles. And of course, Harriet is just gushing over Jamie, and she's hugging onto his arm. It's like, you're like Indiana Jones to me, but with baby fat. <laughs> All right. So I can imagine, like, Ted is like, okay, it's time for Roland to go. He needs to leave. This, I don't like the impression he's putting on Jamie and everything. I can imagine Jones like, well, we don't want to just throw him out because what type of an example is that setting for our son? Well, and Jamie's like, well, he's a homeless guy, you know, telling Harry he's a homeless guy. And, and Harry, it's like, well, he's a bum. And Jamie's like, no, he's not a bum. Would a bum be in India riding elephants? Would a bum be eating at the White House? Would a bum be in Africa shooting like big game? No. I know it's a noble cause, but I don't like this guy in my yard, in my house, and in my clothes. And if he calls me dad one more time, I'm going to wrap him in a blanket and leave him on somebody's doorstep. But it's only for a little while. Besides, what would my committee say if they found out that their leader kicked out a homeless person? But I don't want him here. He's, he's, he's grimy. I mean, when he took a bath, he left a ring around the whole room. <laughs> Not that bad. And what bugs me most is that Jamie thinks Roland is some kind of glamorous hero. I want this guy out of our house before he convinces our son that being a drifter is the key to happiness. Well, if you want Roland out, find him a job. <laughs> well, if he was working, then he could afford a place of his own. So, Joan is thinking how this would look on her if they threw the Roland out of their house. She's part of the women's auxiliary. She's the one who brought this whole let's focus on the homelessness 
in in our town and in the United States. It's a really big issue. And Ted's like, well, I don't like that Jamie is like idolizing this guy and thinking that being a drifter is the way to go or the key to happiness. And Joan's like, well, if you don't want him here, then why don't you help him get a job and find work so he can afford a place of his own? And now, of course, we have Roland. I'm guessing he's, oh, he's wearing Ted's pants, his red pants and his shirt. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he's just helping himself to Ted's wardrobe. <laughs> no matter where I go in the world, Jamie, it's never difficult to get money should I need it. There's a soft touch around every corner. How do you mean, Roland? Well, you just walk up to them and say hi and tell them a hard luck story. As I once told my good friend, the great P.T. Barnum, I said, P.T., there's a sucker born every minute. <laughs> hi. 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 Hi, sucker. <laughs> See, I can't imagine where she heard that. It's a jungle out there, Dad. I was just telling them of a few of my survival skills in obtaining the good life. Really? I've got a survival skill for you, Roland. What's that? Never wear another man's golf slacks. <laughs> if you do, you just might find yourself buried up to the neck in a sand trap. Vicky, would you uh, take this to my room, please? Okay, sucker. <laughs> oh, hi, honey. Hi, honey. She meant this, honey. <laughs> Roland, I have some good news for you. We're going to Disneyland? Oh, boy! <laughs> I talked to the personnel office at my plant. They have an opening for a maintenance man. You can start work in the morning. Work? Oh. <laughs> Dear. Uh, Dad, don't ever say the W word in front of Roland. It makes him break out. Yes, I'm afraid the W word just cramped my lifestyle, Dad. Roland, how can you call being homeless a lifestyle? I'm not homeless, my dear. Oh, yes, there are those who are, and I am terribly sorry for them, but I'm not one of them. I chose the life I lead, and I love it. But everybody has to work. What in heaven's name for? That's a myth created by Republicans. <laughs> work happens to be how you achieve the good life. What time do you get up in the morning? Seven. I have to be to work at nine. I get up whenever I want. I don't have to be anywhere. That's one for Roland. Yes, but Roland, you don't have anything. I have this beautiful home. And you also have a beautiful mortgage. We have a new car. And you have repairs, insurance. Payments. That's three for Roland. <laughs> yes, but I get to wear beautiful clothes. Oh, 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 and I get to wear beautiful clothes, too. <laughs> I get a two-week paid vacation every year. My whole life is a vacation. <laughs> Free of charge. See, Dad, that's the kind of life I want to live. Go to exciting places. Do exciting things with a little luck, no school. Smart son we've got here, Dad. Come on, Jamie. Let's wash up for dinner. I'll tell you about pearl diving in Japan. So, yeah, Roland's on the couch with Jamie and Vicky, and he's regaling the kids about how great it is to just live for free. And just, there's a sucker born every minute. And he talks about knowing P.T. Barnum from Barnum and Bailey. And how he just sticks his hand out and gives an old sob story about his hard life. And they just, you know, hand him money. And then Ted comes in, sees that Roland is dressed in his red golf pants and shirt. And Ted just really wants to diffuse Jamie's fascination with this type of life well he also ted also tells roland like i talked to my job there's an opening with maintenance you start tomorrow and just the word work is just makes him break out and he starts itching all over 
and she's a Louise. I get what Ted is trying to do because he's trying to sway his son. Like, this glamorous life that Roland is painting for you is just utter crap. It's utter bullshit. The way, you know, Ted's like, yeah, look around, I have a house. And Roland's like, yeah, but you also have a mortgage. And, of course, he's like, well... Yeah, when's your job start, Ted? And Ted's like, well, I get up at 7 because i got to be there at 9. You know, he's probably got to fight traffic and all that. And, of course, Roland's like, well, my day begins whenever I decide for it to begin. And I can get up whenever. Ted's like, every year I get two weeks paid vacation. And Roland's like, every day is a one big, long vacation for me. And it's like everything that Ted comes up with, like, I have nice new clothes. And Roland's like, well, so do I. And also Joan's like, well, we have a new, we have a nice car. And Roland's like, yeah, you also have payments and repairs, maintenance and all that stuff. So he's shooting down every bit of, you know, what Ted is saying, like, you know, all of this is mine. I mean, yes. Roland's right, he does have a mortgage, but he's paying eventually to own, eventually one day own the house and everything, and just the luxury of what having a job and what having money is, and working for it, not to mention the pride of working for what you own, and Roland just keeps shooting it down with, like, how glamorous living outside, and just, I don't have a mortgage, I don't have a, you know, roof over my head, I can just sleep wherever I want, and all that, and and Jamie is like, that's the life I want for me. That's, you know, I don't she won't even have to go to school. And I'm just thinking, oh my gosh. This is just, it's sad. And Joan says, you know, everybody has to work. And Roland's like, what for? It just sounds like something that was created for, or by Republicans, like, whatever. And yeah, Ted's like, well, work happens to be how you achieve the good life. So Roland's like, hey, Jamie, why don't we go wash up for dinner? And while we're doing that, I'll tell you about pearl diving in Japan. It clearly has his work cut out for him because nothing is getting through to Jamie. Oh, thanks, Ricky. Uh, <laughs> you, uh, you made them uh, sunny side up, and I like them over easy. Over easy? <laughs> well, they're over. It was easy. Could you uh, clean them up, please? That's not so easy. Ted, I just got off the phone with Steve Morales at the television station, and he's going to do that report on the homeless tonight on the oh, 6 o'clock news. That's terrific, honey. Hi. Hi. Has anybody seen Roland? Roland is gone. You're not just saying that to make me happy. He said he was off to Paris. He has a date with a bad lady behind an exclusive restaurant. <laughs> Mom, Dad, we gotta go look for Roland and bring him back. Well, there's nothing that we can do. Can we call the police? Jamie, he left on his own free will. He didn't commit a crime. He left wearing a red golf slack. <laughs> call the police. Dad, Roland didn't leave of his own free will. You made him go. Jamie, all I did was offer him work. <laughs> yeah, how could you do such a terrible thing? <laughs> Just when I was learning about the good life. He's really upset, honey. Roland has really messed up his thinking. Well, what are we going to do about him? I think I know exactly what we're going to do. We're going to give Jamie a taste of that good life he admires so much. So, Joan is excited. Steve Morales had decided the 6 o'clock news they're going to do a Joan segment on the homeless. So, she's excited about that. And Jamie comes in asking where Roland is. Vicky, of course, says that Roland left because he's going to go to Paris and find a bag lady behind an exclusive restaurant. And Jamie's upset because... You know, Roland was his friend. Like, Dad, you made him leave. And Ted's like, I didn't make him do anything. He didn't. Well, Jamie's even like, you need to call the police. And it's like, well, he didn't commit a crime. He can leave of his own free will whenever he wants to. And Jamie just feels really bad. You know, you know, he, he considers, you know, Roland his friend. It's like, Dad, 
how you made him leave. And Ted's like, well, I only offered to get him a job. And James is like, yeah, how can you do such a terrible thing? So Ted is really irritated that Jamie is still just with this free carefree, you know, this carefree lifestyle that Roman has, Roland has painted a beautiful picture of what it's like, you know, being your own person, living out in the open, you don't gotta pay rent, you don't gotta pay more, you don't gotta pay for a car, you don't have to do this, you don't have to work, you this, 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 how great. So Ted tells Joan, like, hey, why don't we, we need to get Jamie's thinking back on track correctly. Let's show him just how glamorous living out in the open, you know, let's go back to where he found Roland and just see just how great living out side in the open and being homeless is then maybe that will help jamie i like being homeless is not a glamorous thing thanks for bringing me back to look for roland dad <laughs> this is where we found him well we know how much you miss him yeah we thought we might catch him before he left for paris roland roland nobody else is here but my audio printers detect the presence of smaller life forms. Yeah. What kind of life forms, Vicky? <coughs> the ones that go crunch when you step on them. Ew! Cockroaches? Maybe we should go look for Roland somewhere else. No, I think we should wait for him right here, uh, right, honey? Oh, absolutely. He's bound to be back sooner or later. It's not so easy to give up all this. Yeah. And I love what he's done with the place, honey. <laughs> hey, why don't we go? Tony's and get a pizza. I don't Jamie Roland would never do that. I mean, he'd use those survival <laughs> skills of his, right? Nah, we don't need to go inside. I'm sure there's a pizza in here somewhere. <laughs> Ew. Oh, 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 what's that brown furry thing over there? Oh, we catch it, it could be dinner. <laughs> hey, maybe we should go home and wait for Roland. Why? <laughs> well, he might show up there. Jamie, come on, where's your sense of adventure, huh? I mean, this is this is the good life he was talking about, right? Come on over here, help me find a pizza. Well, I'm beginning to think his good life is the pits. Oh, no, no, it's the police. I didn't do it, officer. I was in Cleveland that week. <laughs> oh, my gosh, he's thinking they're all homeless. <laughs> Good evening. This is Steve Morales reporting live on the Shit. Of homeless. No, they're not homeless. Between Maple, where this unfortunate family is huddled together without food, without shelter, without hope. Mr. Morales, Mr. Morales, yes? I'm Joan Lawson. I, I saw you at your office. Well, I talked to you today on the phone, remember? Yes, 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 I remember. Do we have a real story for you folks? Just yesterday, Mrs. Lawson came to me with an impassioned plea on behalf of the homeless. And because she's so dedicated to the cause, she's moved her entire family out here in the alley. That's exactly what she did, Mr. Morales. Uh, she's a gutsy little gal. You must be the proud husband of this wonderful woman. Uh, that's right, I'm Mr. Gutsy. And uh, these, are, these are the little gutsies, uh, uh, Jamie and little Vicky. What a wonderful family. Would you like to say something, Jamie? I, Mom's really dedicated. <laughs> this is no way to live. We should help the homeless. And what about you, sweetheart? Got any money? There's a sucker born every minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's how the episode ends? So, yeah, they're looking for Roland in the alley. He's nowhere to be found. James is like, hey, let's go to Tony's and get a pizza. And Ted is like, no, Roland wouldn't do that. Here, let's see if there's anything over here in this pizza box. Oh, good grief. And Jamie's like, I don't like, why don't we wait for Roland back home? Maybe he'll show up there. And, of course, they're like, well, what's wrong, Jamie? I thought you thought that this was such a glamorous life. And... Of course, all of a sudden, there's a big spotlight on them. And who is it but Steve Morales, who thinks <laughs> Ted and Joan and the kids are like a homeless family living on the street. And she's like, no, no, I came to you, remember? And, you know, to do a segment on the homeless. And he's like, oh, yeah. And he, Steve Morales is like, yeah, Mrs. Lawson and her family decided to move their family out into the... Uh, 
alleyway to like show like just how bad it is and everything. So, oh my gosh. <laughs> and oh my goodness. And of course Vicky's like do you have puts her palm out like rolling dead and says, Do you have any money? There's a sucker born every minute. <laughs> And just Steve Morales is like, what? And he's looking back at the cameraman. So, I don't know. Maybe Roland did go to Paris. We clearly are never going to find out. We never saw an interaction between Roland and Harriet, which I think that would have been kind of comical. But, uh, yeah, this is how the episode ends. Um, I thought, honestly, I thought there was going to be more beef to this. And it just really... It was an interesting portrayal of, you know... But the thing that stinks, it feels like we were kind of cut short on maybe seeing a side of Roland where, yeah, he is all talking. He's all jovial and everything and talking about how great he is to be homeless. And just, like, see him, like, dealing with the downside of being homeless. Because he made it seem like this is one great big party. And all the pros and there's zero cons to being homeless. And he really filled Jamie's head with... A lot of untruths. I just really wish they could have went back to the alley and just... I mean, Jamie saw just how bad the alley looked now that Roland wasn't there painting this beautiful picture of how great it was. But I just wish we could have seen Roland in deplorable conditions and see all these lies that he had been telling Jamie just come true. Like, oh... Well, you didn't do any of these things at all. You didn't go to India or Japan or Africa or whatever the other place was that he said he'd been. Why couldn't we have gotten that at the ending? I really think that would... I mean, I know this is a sitcom, but I mean, this was a good opportunity to not only teach a lesson about homelessness, but seeing Jamie... All he got is like the the alleyway and how gross it looked and how he's like, I don't want to live like this. I mean, that's what Joan and Ted wanted to begin with was to get him back on track with his way. I think like homeless, you know, this is not the way you don't, you don't want to reach for that life. That's not the life you want to aim for, you know? And I just wish they could have seen Roland and just his natural conditions and just how bad it was. So, um, if I had to give this one, I know I haven't done a rating in a while as far as the, uh, how many robot heads I'm gonna give this episode. It wasn't terrible. I will say that it definitely was not terrible. I would give it, I'd give it an average three out of five robot heads. I mean, yes, the ending was kind of like, um, not what I had wanted. I wanted a little more from it, but it did the best it could with being a sitcom. Uh, I'm going to say a lesson learned for this episode definitely is don't, I mean, it's, it's good that Jamie took what he was learning from what Joan wanted to do, helping the homeless and how important it's like, we have to, you know, fight for a cause. And he took that and he ran with it and he brought, he's like, I'm going to go one better. I'm going to go out. You know, and he wasn't searching for Roland. He just happened upon him. He's like, I'm going to help you out. Come home with me. I'll get you something to eat. You can get cleaned up and wash your clothes, all that stuff. And I just, I like that Jamie, for once in all of these seasons, was not selfish. He usually normally is always in a firm, I mean, granted, this is, you know, that's the life that he wanted Roland, like, Roland's type of life, and how he's painting how great being out on the streets was and stuff, but, no, it's just the fact that Jamie was making him a sandwich and bringing him home, and just, I like that. I thought that was good. I guess, honestly, the word that I'm thinking of that just came to mind was it feels like the ending was kind of shortchanged a little bit. All right, so let's talk about what episode I'll be covering for the month of June, Season 2, Episode 6, entitled Crazy Like a Fox, which aired on October 18th, 1986. In this episode, a con man sells Jamie and Vicky stolen merchandise that doesn't work. Oh, it looks like we get to the return of, because we had Harriet this episode, and it looks like possibly Bonnie Brindle could be in the next episode. Cool. I guess. I mean, I don't, I don't like Bonnie. I don't like uh, 
You know I don't like Bonnie Brindle Arr, and Brandon Brindle. <laughs> but um, all right, that's what we get to look forward to in June. I hope you all enjoyed this review. And I'll see you in June. Have a great week, everyone. Bye-bye.